Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com Spotify. TommyJohn.com Spotify. See site for details. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hello and welcome. It's the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to F it up. In our very, very humble opinion, they get released to wherever you get your podcasts every Tuesday. And if you're lucky, Friday as well. They're the special. Today, we're chatting filmmaking Black Women in Film, the British Urban Film Festival and their new original film, which sheds light on colorism, dark skin versus light skin, with their new film, No Shade. I'm Giles Alderson. I have just wrapped on the feature film cassette, hence where my voice might sound a little tired. It's been 12 days. We shot it in 12 days, the feature film uh, cassette, and it has been crazy, intense, emotional, hard work. I am absolutely knackered. Um, it was indie filmmaking to its core. Everyone jumping in and helping. Amazing cast and crew. Uh, it was a pleasure to work on, but I am exhausted. Uh, uh, those of you who have made feature films understand what I'm going through right now. Um, those who haven't yet, you will, because you will go make your film. You're listening to this. I hope we inspire you in some way to go out and make your feature film, and you can do it. You really, really can. Um, I'm so close to finishing the dare. I was getting sent VFX shots all week as well, so I was looking at them at night, and they are really great. I've signed off on pretty much nearly all of them now, so we're so close to um, the film being completed, and that's really exciting. Um, and what else the vegan documentary has been going on Dan Richardson has been cracking on that in the background uh, I'm going over to Croatia with him very soon to carry on filming that and I got the first edit of the TV series that I told you about a couple of weeks ago that I shot over in Sweden and the first edit came through from the editor again I think that was last night about four o'clock I watched that and it was really cool to see the first edit it's always hard watching that first cut because you just oh, it's the first cut and it feels horrible but actually it wasn't that. So anyway, watch this space. There's lots lots of bits and pieces going on, and I'll tell you about them as much as I can, and as much as I'm able to, of course, as you know. So joining me on the podcast today is two wonderful filmmakers who are part of the British Urban Film Festival, and uh, they have made their new original film, No Shade, and we'll get straight into that. It's a very long one. We talked for a long time, so I'm probably going to do this in two parts. You'll find out at the end. I'm doing this intro now. And I'll probably jump in and do... This will be the end of part one. Who knows? Um, And also joining 
us is my co-host Dan Richardson. I just mentioned there has been happily cracking on with the vegan documentary. He also came and shot in cassette. Uh, so he was in that feature film as well. Really nice cameo. And he was also in um, a TV series as well. Hey, you, you know what I mean? It's who you know. Uh, it's who you know. Um, so it's all really cool and fun and game. So he's joining me today on the podcast. Rain dance, right? Rain dance. If you haven't, where'd the message go? Just disappeared on me. There it is. Um, coming up soon is the Rain Dance Film Festival, and as you know, we've collaborated with Rain Dance, and they support us, and we support them, and we give you discounts just for you guys, the Filmmakers Podcast listeners. No one else gets this. No one in the world gets these discounts at all. Uh, the 26th International Rain Dance Film Festival is on the 26th of September. It's the opening night party. It is happening, and you can get 20% off. It is a really brilliant event to go to. We mentioned it last week. I mentioned it again because I really think you should go. Why not? Make the effort and do it because you can go for just 16 quid with this discount. Why not? Why not? I'll be there. RD Podcast 20, 26th of September, 7pm. Click the link in the show notes and get there. And look at all their other courses and all their other events as well. And if you quick, you might just get the last discount that's about to finish. Um, but yeah, Rain Dance is amazing. Honestly, I can't shout about them enough. Okay, as you know, subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't already. Do spread the word. It means means the world to us that you guys listen and you take something from this. Do pass it on. Uh, so Jengis Dervis, he came on to cassette to do some... Um, there's some some of the fight choreography that was needed for some of the fights it was really nice you just turned around and said oh, I've been listening to your podcast man really appreciate it and I've been spreading it to as many people as I know I was like Genghis man that's really cool thank you he's a wonderful actor as well Genghis he's in Nightfall at the moment go watch that uh, you can go see that uh, so thank you brother um, and like he did please do the same thing if you can spread the word get more people hearing about this podcast we are on so many platforms now including Nerdly including Britpod Scene including SoundCloud Spotify all the rest of them um, but go to Apple and uh, do write a review there we're also on Podfix Network with so many other fantastic podcasts as part of that network so do check those out as well the link will be in the show notes Indie Film shout out to time Elliot Barker he sent me an email very recently about his latest short film that has gone on Kickstarter it's just gone live and it needs your support. It's a short film which demonstrates a microcosm of Brexit and the absurdity and misplaced anger as families from different cultural backgrounds battle it out for superiority on their street. Uh, amazingly, they are lucky enough to already have half the budget from Sky Arts. Brilliant. Well done, Elliot and gang. Um, but they're looking for the other 50%. Go have a look. The link is in the show notes. Do go support if you can. If you want your indie film shouted out on the podcast, if you've got a screening, Kickstarter, script read, whatever it is, give us a shout. You know the handles, at me, at Joss Alderson, at Filmmakers Pod, and get in touch. Right, so I'm just going to jump straight into it now. Uh, This is probably part one of our wonderful podcast. Uh, I'm I'm about to say right. So here it is. Right, joining us today to talk about filmmaking is Claire Aniam Osigwe and Emmanuel Aniam Osigwe. Hello, welcome to the podcast. 
Hello. Absolute pleasure. It really is. Thank you. Let's have a little bit of background about our guest today. So, Claire, uh, she exec produced the feature film Urban Decay, which was written and directed by Michelle Taylor and DJ Taylor, again, with the same surnames. This is is the theme. Who also acts in the film, as do Joel Grizzle, who is also in No Shade, and previous guest of the podcast, Toby Osmond. Yeah. Mm, yeah, very nice. Yeah, nice. yeah we cool. like that. We love everyone in, haven't we? we have, there's We've no one just, we haven't yeah. had. Well, there is. Oh, yeah, there's a couple. There's a few. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, and Emmanuel, he's the founder of Buff, which is the B-U-F-F, otherwise known as the British Urban Film Festival. And he commissioned uh, the Buff Originals to make its first feature film, No Shade, which he produced... And then it was directed by Claire. It stars Adele Oni and Kadeem Pierce. The No Shade storyline focuses on colorism and is told through the prism of love, relationships, dating and marriage. Honestly, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. And we've got to thank Sarah Thomas for actually yes, introducing Sarah. Yes. us. Uh, via Twitter. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. How do you guys know Sarah? Just as a side note. Um, she is... I think quite close mates with Adele loves mm. everything that Adele does really is a champion of like women in film yeah and is. loved the fact that I was the writer director yeah. of No Shade and then um, came to the Saturday afternoon matinee screening of No Shade at Curzon mm, last nice. month Curzon Soho which is a BAFTA winning cinema and was blown away by the film so nice. So that's wonderful. Yeah. So yes, I love you to meet her because she t- was tweeting and really supportive. So yeah, she's really Sarah. thank you, Sarah. She is really <laughs> lovely and really supportive. If you're not following her on Twitter, follow her, Sarah Thomas. Hashtag FBPE. That's yeah. it. At Sarah Thomas two oh nine on Twitter. Follow Ooh. her there. Do it. Why not? Women in film support, support, support. So we want to talk about many things today. Um, Let's talk about how you guys got started in the film business because I know you've had different backgrounds. You've you've come from uh, different businesses. So, yeah. Claire, let's start with you. How did you get into filmmaking in the first place? My journey started when I was 10. I was training as an actor at the Anishir Theatre School wow. in North London in Islington. Nice. Yeah. Uh, which is responsible for like the whole cast of EastEnders in the 80s and 90s. Actors recently, like Adam Deacon, who was in the same class. Um, I trained there until I was about 22, 24. 24 maybe even mm. um it's it's a one one week um once a week class so you go to a friday night and then when you upgrade to different classes you go on a wednesday night or a sunday night if or whatever if you're good enough yeah if you're not you level. can go on a tuesday right basically <laughs> adam deacon so was you, on a tuesday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah i was always training and uh, i loved acting because um Sadly, on my first day of school, I was taken into care, um, is it in care, children's home. Mm. And um, I would always use drama at school as a way to sort of channel anger, frustration, um, 
and just my creativity. So I used to write poems and then subsequently started a rap group with my two best friends at school. That's cool. And you then, can you remember any raps? No, do you uh, want to do one? Not on my head right this moment, but maybe by the end some might come to me. Uh, so I was in a rap group and I was also an actor. Fast forward, I did drama, English and media at college. Mm-hmm. And then um, we came out of uni 2006 and we were all broke and stressed and worried about what we're going to do. Because frankly, being a young black British actress at the age of 21 is very scary, especially when you don't have the support of mum and dad to go back home to live after you finished your degree. I um, had my own flat from the age of 18, which happens when you leave the care system. And um, so I was always on my own. So I always had free jobs. So even though I was studying part, uh, studying my full-time degree, I was working full-time. I was working seven days a week as well, as well as going studio to finish my album, as well as trying to get fringe work in the theatre. Mm. So I never had any days off. And I, my work ethic is really, really strong because I just, I'm just so aware of death, I guess, because my dad died when I was nine, which is why I went into care because my mom couldn't cope with five children. They're both immigrants from Nigeria. And back home when someone dies, the whole village looks after your children over here living on an estate, you know, 200 white families, one of four black families, the other three families were Ghanaian. Mm. So Ghanaians and Nigerians don't get along. So we were on our own. And so my mum struggled, really. Um, And so, yeah, just that sort of um, feeling quite isolated and finding friendship through creativity, like I say, through the rap, through the drama, through acting, directing, that sort of was my social world and meant a lot to me. I'm not surprised. That must have been sort of something, the escapism, isn't it? Yeah, oh, completely. Because I remember completely. that age as well. It was yeah. like, okay, I did drama and it did as many classes as you could. Oh my God, yeah. Just like, to get You had to throw to me out of out. a black box, like, yeah. you know, the rooms. Yeah. Uh, because I was just like, oh, when I'm in here, I can be a granny. You I can, can be, whoever, be right? yeah. you know, like a 19-year-old yeah. you know, Chinese girl. I can, exactly. I can be anyone but me because I know when I go home I've got stress and worries and problems and this and that so anyway um bleak coming out of uh doing a degree I was afforded a master's at Lambda for a year they were doing this subsidized um course locally in East London and I took it and I got on and I got a distinction which was amazing congratulations thank you it was like 96 out of 100 I was like oh my god and I fluffed my Shakespeare as well wow that was the four you could have had 100 you could have been the first person to get the 100 (laughs) (laughs) and then um I joined Identity Drama School which is now responsible for the likes of John Boyega and Letitia mm-hmm. I was there when John was there when he first started he was 16 and you know and and uh, Malachi Kirby and some other amazing talent that yeah. have stuck with the school and stuck with Femi and that loyalty and that long-term vision um, and I think at that time I was just too broke too hungry just like I cannot sustain a lifestyle of further training do you know what I mean I yeah. need to start earning mm. didn't have the gumption to move to America uh, went out there as a makeup artist um, a lot and did work. But as an actor, I was just like, my God, I thought it was hard in England. It's so competitive Super over, hard there. over there. So, so just you, you were a makeup artist for a little while. Obviously. Oh, I was a makeup artist from the age of 16, 17. So, um, On film what- sets? Film sets, magazines, video, um, mostly music wow. videos. Yeah. So I would do that on the weekend. That's what I'm saying. I was just working That's in any way I could. That was creative. Yeah, and, and I'm learning. self-taught as well. Yes, and learning on so, the job, watching oh my people God, yeah. making stuff. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. So I was the part-time manager at 
the body shop and then I moved up to Bobby Brown and then started doing people like theatre makeup so because I was thinking look there's got to be a way in whether Mm. I'm in front of the camera behind the camera as crew there's got to be a way and then basically I just said to myself you know what um film thing's not happening let's give it 10 years makeup you're doing really well at makeup building your clientele um went freelance was making some good money and um at the time I had a lot of allergies so I was actually unwell mm-hmm. my allergies are wheat dairy gluten and yeast intolerances I was finding that those ingredients were in my skincare my beauty regimes mm-hmm. um from high street products started making my own went and did a, a PGCE so a master's in education so that I could become a drama teacher so okay. that was my sort of plan b if Fourth the filmmaker like, yeah, yeah sort of yeah, thing yeah. if it all doesn't work out at least yeah, i can keep teach count, keep count. Yeah. <laughs> no, i bet keep this goes on oh. well. we haven't got to direct so i'm trying to like give no, you like the great. real content yeah and then just swore i would never teach full-time mm-hmm. because i think you can't it's I give everything I do 110% I would literally need to be like the head teacher yes and I would run that school and you'd run it brilliantly yeah I'd give the the kids everything I absolutely adore children and I adore the learn like young people learning but that would mean that you couldn't death of my creativity yeah and that's too much yeah so I always did it part time always look for part time roles or supply jobs and basically set up my own skincare brand Mm. Uh, it was the world's first 100% allergen-friendly vegan beauty company. It was certified. Because hey! I became vegan yes. whilst making my skincare products because I felt better. So yeah. the ingredients that I was eating, I used as the common ingredients in my skincare. Lemongrass. I love Asian food. Mm-hmm. I love um, Vietnamese food specifically and, um, and Indonesian. And so lemongrass comes up a lot. Rose water is great for cooking with rice, coconuts, cocoa butter, shea. Lavender, all the herbs and spices are, you know, medicinal. They're yeah. my best friends. You know, mm-hmm. they made me feel well and and look better. Because if you don't look great as a makeup artist, you don't book jobs, right? So true, right? If your yeah. skin's not up to scratch, like, why would anyone yeah, want yeah. you to touch theirs? It's, it's, totally, like, it's totally. obvious. And your makeup so, range is called, so everyone. It knows. was. It is called Preme. Yes. However, mm. to move into, I mean. The last six years have been incredible. I was royally honoured by the Queen for services to dermatology. I think I'm the first black woman ever and the first person under the age of 40 to be awarded in that specific category. Again, congratulations. Which is mental. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you're not wearing it now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I was actually wearing it quite a bit last year. I feel like TV appearances and stuff like my little badge. It's in the drawer somewhere. All the other awards I love. I know, I know. Olympic medals. World Cup winners medals. Um... I've won quite a few awards, um, 16 to be exact, over the last five years of business. I guess because the brand was ahead of its time and helped raise a lot of awareness for the fact that to demystify the lies that, you know, vegan skincare is modern medicine for the um, for the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my doctorate. That's what I chose to write about. And it was um, approved by Trinity College. And... Um, 
just that yeah you know by cleaning up your diet you help everyone you know it's not just you it's a it's a the whole ecology it's it's the best way to live for Sorry. all of us to live you're preaching to the preached here yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah. so basically nine months ago i was getting an abundance of clients that were coming to my clinic at harley street over a facial they were talking about their relationships it's a very intimate relationship I have with my clients because they tell me a lot of stuff and um, the one that seemed to be coming up the most was about skin tone and shade and men and dating and women just saying you know when are you going to do a bleaching range can you find like a natural way to do a bleaching range so Mm. that I can slowly without damaging my skin slowly start lightening it and I was like why and they were like because you know my boyfriend left me for someone she's lighter than me he's saying that I would look better if I was lighter or that that's sort of like the the standard of beauty that just made me sick because Mm. you know when I remember being 14 and I was always sort of told that I was like less attractive than my lighter skin friend Jazz who's my best mate still is to today um, and then other times I'd be oh, oh you're kind of pretty for a black girl because your nose isn't too big and even though you've got big lips they're kind of like so you've got symmetrical features so you're pretty for a black girl so that tells my wow. psyche that I am that the default for dark skin black girls or women is ugly alien not good enough mm. and if you somehow deviate from that then you are an exception to the rule you're rare and in that sense I should feel really privileged that this idiot thinks that I am somehow special or rare from the rest of my race. I mean, who are these idiots to say this anyway? It's disgusting and it's horrible. I just thought to myself, you know, I'm going to write a little short film about this because one time I was on on route to... uh, Temple of Satan. Do you guys know Temple of Satan? Yeah, the vegan that vegan oh, yes. burger joint, right? Yeah. Um, doing my one hour journey down to Hackney to get my burger. You and um, One hour to get the vegan burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah, that dedication. Yes. Manuel, you got to love that. Imagine someone with a name like mine in a place like that. Uh, yeah, Temple of yeah, Satan. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Still alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Got out, He's uh, been converted, yeah. literally. Um... And so, yeah, a girl, well, a client friend called and was having this rant because actually the guy that was saying this is a mutual friend of ours that I had actually gone to university with. Mm. He'd finished with his light-skinned girlfriend, I guess, you know, Portuguese, whatever. Um, So she's Mediterranean. And he had said to her, basically, I'm happy to fuck you, but not be in a relationship with you because obviously you're not the typical girl that I would be in a relationship with. They're so so honest. Oh, they're they're beautiful. The honesty is kind of beautiful and scary Mm, at the same time. It's like you're... Your good good dick and conversation was the actual phrase he used. And so I thought to myself, well, and then she said to me, oh, why is it that dark-skinned girls are offered the dick and light-skinned girls are offered the diamonds? And I was like, ooh, this is a title for a film. Dick and diamonds, right? So I wrote this short film, got some actors to come (laughs) in and read. And it was a bit crazy and ended a bit dramatically and didn't give enough time to really focus on the driving forces of where does this this inner, sense of colorism come from and and you directed this to yes be clear. i did and were you yeah. in it as well i am in the film yes. okay cool yes. how did you find directing because obviously your first thing you're directing yes. at this point yes how did you find directing and being in it because oh, it it's tough yeah man. you watch it 
I wrote, directed and co-starred in the film. Yeah, so it's a bit mental. The thing is, because I'm used to juggling quite a lot of things, I think in a weird way, like even running pre-May and then before then, acting, well, acting, training, makeup artistry, journalism, because I've I've always been a writer for different magazines over the years. Mm. I'm always used to doing a range of things at any one time. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, right, in this moment, I'm saying action. Oh, God, I'm saying action, but I'm in the scene (laughs) in this moment. Mm. And my, my, like, uh, my... uh, what do you call him? I guess my screen <laughs> husband, yes, um, Algie, who's an actor, Algie Fatahi and Salmon. He Salmon Fatahi, Sa- Salmon Fatahi. Ah, we've all got like really strange <laughs> surnames. Um, he would sometimes look at me like he literally was like, "You're amazing," and I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "Cause you're like saying cut and turn the camera that way, and uh, and then you're like in character, like doing our lines yeah, together." And I'm like, "I know my mind. Like, I'm glad that I can take on quite a lot of mm. stuff because I I guess that would be quite stressful. Uh, managing crew, managing cast, getting the most out of the whole scene, yes, and getting the overall look and feel as well as being in the scenes occasionally i wrote myself in a small part but in actual fact when the whole film came together it was a nice thread that of of hope yeah my relationship i thought you were gonna say when the film came together i was the biggest part in it no 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 that's adele and kadeen they totally held this film up and um it was their first sort of feature film um credit so we're jumping to no shade now rather than the short yeah yeah so basically they well after doing the first table read the actors were like claire that's really this is so really important because as black actors and as black people mm-hmm. we know what's going on we yeah. hear these this rhetoric all day every day in the barbershop at the hair shop you know at your clinic wherever mm-hmm. there's two or three or more black people it will be spoken about in some way yeah. you need to rewrite this as a feature lamp so that we can really tell this story and what's going on yeah. so i i, re- I it took me another month did a couple drafts wrote it uh did another read there's 20 parts now instead of the initial six new title no shade because yep. the line for me was no shade is superior that's the kind of pinnacle line it's a in great the title um, right it really is a strong title and so that was born and then literally i was like we're shooting this mum so that was that was november and then we shot january two weekends so that was five days you shot the whole film in five days Six days, so we had a pick-up day. Oh, six days. Oh, just six days. Right. Oh, sorry, that ain't impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and she started. We're it, trying to break the right? record. I know. Yeah. Right. This I know. is I know. pretty impressive. Insane. We've had a guy on the podcast who made a film in two days. His was set in one location. Right. Yours wasn't. No. Yours was no. set in many locations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I maybe you had one uh, corner and then move around to another. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we used like one flat and turned ch- ch- it into four different homes. So again, being I guess a makeup artist, you sort of design. It's all design. It's to me, so it's like, I'll just dress that like that, and that will look like a different house. And if you dress mm. this room, we picked a three bedroom house in northwest London, and then we had a bar. So the bar became the wedding reception, as well as a place of work, as well as the place where people were meeting to out, go on dates, uh, parks, bridge. bridge, bridge, even our flat by the end of, of it. Of course, you, you know, do, yeah, different roads. Yeah, I guess it was about five to eight locations. Okay, um, not too bad, but still not too, difficult. Too bad. Yeah. The location moves. That are the yeah, tough ones. yeah, and the weather changes as well. You yeah, know, like yeah, from especially in January, like mm. shooting was quite tight because it's like fifteen minutes time is sundown, and da, 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 you know, so in the color grade there was you know just some leveling up to do. But I think it was a mixture of like 
magic and mayhem. I think that's what filmmaking is about, mm. really. Yeah. It's just insane, really. It totally is. Totally is. Yeah, Phil Hawkins is the guy who made the film in two days. Yeah. Phil Hawkins. I'll, I'll watch it, I'll, that one. Yeah, I'll, drop it I'll back listen in to that later. one. Sorry. Um, yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Gosh, wow. That's that's great journey. And we'll get more into No Shade in a minute. Sure. Emmanuel. Yes. How do we start um, making... Uh, the British Urban Film Festival. What was the reason behind it? Were you a filmmaker before that? So where does my journey start? I guess it starts in 1985. Okay, that's the Back to the Future date. Cool, we'll go yeah. there. <laughs> so <laughs> I would have been seven years old. Okay. And I've told Claire this story. I was watching Stunt Challenge on ITV. I don't know if you remember that. Then I got into watching television or programmes that I shouldn't have been watching. So Stunt Challenge was one of them. Yeah. The reason why I mentioned that programme was because um, I cried. Because every time I saw David Frost on TV, I'd start crying. Why his face? He's what a very powerful presenter. <laughs> very powerful. <laughs> He's got quite a big feature, big eyes. Yeah, sure. So that's what, Did it actually really make... You were scared of him? And then... Wow. wow. Daddy would use that as kind of payback. So every time Stunt Challenge came on, he would force me to watch it. Oh, I see. I thought you were watching it out of enjoyment. You loved the show. I was. And oh, then, okay. Because it went on for quite a few years. And then <laughs> towards the end, I started crying. And Daddy would say, no, you have to watch it. And he'd beat me up. Da, 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 da. So I thought, when I grow up, I want to have my own TV channel where I can do all of this stuff. Yeah. So this is from the age of seven. So I kind of had that passion and energy and said, all right, I've got to make sure when I get into university that I do the specific course to be able to do things like this. Mm -hmm. Went through my GCSEs, A-levels, and then I chose to go to Thames Valley University because that's where Ealing Studios is based. Yes. So I'm thinking, right, I'm, I'm there, path, I'm in I'm the there. hub of it all. I'm yeah. in there, straight yeah. in. And then on the very first day of university, the Vice-Chancellor said to us that um, if I were you, I'd try and get out of this university as quickly as possible because your degree is not going to amount to much. Oh, great. So You're thought, like, cheers, I've just yeah, paid for this. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the university. Chancellor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. oh, so he was pissed off at being vice-chancellor, yeah. not <laughs> chancellor. Right, you lot should That's get out of here as quickly as possible. <laughs> 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 I'm <laughs> chancellor. Suffice to say, it didn't really last long. No, yeah, funny enough. Well, yeah, that's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why he said that was because Thames Valley is not your traditional Oxford, Cambridge type university. But obviously I heard that and I thought, no, I'm going to stick it out. Yeah. There's a reason why I'm here. So... Initially, I had chosen to do media arts and journalism. Okay. And after a week, I thought, this is, this is not right. This is shit. Too much writing. Yeah. Not going to get to use a camera editing. So I said, I'm going to do video production instead. Okay. And then as a result, I was then able to do dissertations on Ali G, mm. um, which was fantastic. I bet. Because we, we get to watch some fun stuff at the yeah, same time and talk yeah, about it. That's yeah. brilliant. And prove that he was funny because that's yeah. what the dissertation was about. Ah, to prove he was funny. Yeah. Because to this funny. day, people mm. think that he's serious and they literally take him seriously, which is obviously that's when genius. you watch the program the and you see his... Mm. Well, especially with his new film, uh, This Is America, right? Is what it's yeah. Called? yeah. This, that's like, this is, is, yeah, this is, is America. This is yeah. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Complete full circle, I think it's on tonight. Yeah, yeah. looks amazing, that. Yeah, so... You know, I was just fortunate to be able to do subjects on Ali G. And because you were a student at that time, you had access to grants. 
no right. funds. Right. So I Good set for up, you, man. <laughs> you like, yeah, I said straight this. in there. Yeah. Uh, you won't see that money for 60, 70, 80 years. You know, who's, who's watching? So <laughs> I set up my first production company whilst at university yeah. called IQ Creations. Nice. And this was in 2001. Yep, good. We came up with another format yep. uh, called The Search for Buff. Nice. Yeah. So basically what we did with the festival was how could we get noticed as a festival? So we had this concept of having cover models to promote a film festival. Ah, okay. So with black films in particular, mm-hmm. um, I would say in the last few years, it's not, it's not been as hard to kind of sell black film as commercial or something that people should see. Certainly in the last few years, but exactly. before that, yeah. struggling, right? But we're talking 2003, 4, mm. 5. This is when Buff was created, 2005. Yeah. So there's hardly an appetite for black film. There was BFM, Black Filmmaker Magazine, mm-hmm. which is where I cut my teeth initially in 2003. Oh, nice. So here I am building my profile, and then on the side, I'm coming up with these formats. So the search for Buff, we took a camera to the Notting Hill Carnival. Yeah. And Buff, for people of a certain age, is how you describe someone as beautiful or attractive. Um, if you're white, 60 years old, Buff is probably something that you polish. <laughs> <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, good yeah. Yeah. so we took the cameras out and we were interviewing white 60-year-olds and 14, 21-year-olds and asking, do you think you're Buff? And, so the LG was the inspiration. So yeah, kind of, you're nice. not trying to catch people out, but hopefully people kind of cotton on as to why are you doing this? Yeah. So we would say to them, we're doing a national survey looking for the buffest people in the UK. And if you're the buffest and people vote for you, you win a prize. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a six-year-old lady going, it's me, I win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so the they, buffest. They camera and they said, right, keep it clean, keep it clean. It's going out on prime time. So we must have shot about 60 episodes so right. again learning our lessons from the match because mm. that was all on paper right it's so, better to shoot something better you, to shoot you something. got it yep. yep so and you shot these episodes before going to a TV channel yes okay yes right. so whatever happened even if they said no you could put them on YouTube you could do your thing do what anyway great okay. yeah so we did that um, and then in when we launched Buff the festival in two, December 2005 we had this in the can and then we also had um, some short films so this is off the back of uh, working at Black Filmmaker Magazine which mm. was founded by Menelik Shabazz mm. who's one of the most prominent black British filmmakers he did Burning an Illusion in yeah. 1981 and he set up this magazine in 1998 coming back from the Cannes Film Festival and when he thought where is this outlet for reporting on black film who's doing what mm-hmm. let me do this magazine so here I am geek that I am thinking I'm there I've yeah. got to be part of I've this. I've got to be part of that. So yeah. I was there 2002. Um, within six months, I was asked to program a seminars event at the festival. A year later, I was then tasked with programming the fifth anniversary of the festival, wow. which ran for eight, 18 days, most it's ever Jeez. done. Wow, yeah. Um, at that point, we had films coming in from the States. There was one called Gang of Roses, mm-hmm. starring Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown. Yeah, And I, okay. literally, I got a phone call in the middle of the night from their agents saying, yeah. could you get two tickets over for Bobby and Whitney to come over? Holy shit. And I tried to convince Melanie. And, at the and you time. went, no, I can't, I can't. Well, he, no, he we said, I, I thought, well, this is a golden opportunity Absolutely. for BFM to get on the map. Yeah. Black film, da, 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 you got Whitney. And he said, no, black film is about oh, being conscious. It's about films. People need to know about stories like 
colorism and the ilk. Colorism mm-hmm. wasn't anything back then, but Menlik's thinking was the wider public need to know about the black struggle, what they're going through, rather than films with names in it. So wow. it's kind of like... I get his point, but also at the yes. same time, you've got massive publicity there, which mm. means yeah. those films that people don't get to see, suddenly now they are getting to see or yes. hear about because of the publicity. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I, I understand his point, but yeah, that very frustrating. Yeah, so it was because of that that I said to myself, if I'm ever in an opportunity to run my own festival, mm-hmm. I'll be kind of judging jury as to, oh, I love something with the main stars, but I love something with the emerging up and coming. Yeah. So obviously all those experiences then became the British Urban Film Festival in 2005 and the penny really dropped when I attended the Prince's Trust Urban Music Festival right. as it was back in 05 and you had Will Smith there, you had Akon mm. and one of my then friends at the time I looked at him and said how can one white guy, Prince Charles, get 16,000 black people in a room mm. in Earl's Court yeah. and no one's fighting? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So if we can do it, why why can't we do it? Yeah. And so an urban music festival then became an urban film festival. Nice. And then Buff was born, um, December the thirteenth, oh five. Um, we p- we pitched the search for Buff to ITV because that's where we launched. Yes. The festival. Yeah. And this Still was through your production company. Q-I. Yes. Yeah. yeah. IQ yeah. Creations, and then I set up another company, Buff Enterprises, mm-hmm. um, just in case something happened with the TV show. But you had the festival on the side. Nice. So again, like Claire, just keeping keeping things spinning. going. Yeah, mm-hmm. wheeling yeah. and dealing, mm-hmm. making sure you're, yeah. you're on top of it. Still studying. I was a manager at McDonald's for my sins at the time, yeah. so I was doing wow. All wow. sorts, but yeah. Um, Which and is the vegan connection again. Yeah, the vegan the connection. Yeah, he was, he was part of the team that, you know, branded the veggie burger. Boom. So he tried. Are you serious? Yeah, Were you? Yeah. I can't really take the credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just leave it in. <laughs> no one will ever know. No, no. We'll be like, did he? Wow, wow. There's, there's nothing you vegan about him an OB? McDonald's. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. So we launched uh, Buffy in 05. Yeah. And this is four days after... The great Richard Pryor passed away. Ah, right. So this was like, that's how I started the launch of the event. So obviously with Buff, it's about whatever you perceive that word urban to be. Because to the mainstream media, the word urban just means black. And I consciously set out with the festival to dispel that uh, myth. It's anything but black. Yes, black is a part of it. Mm -hmm. But urban could be people on the margins of society, working class immigrants, LGBT, uh, disabled, queer, whatever you think, all, everything we're talking about now in politics, that's what Buff was trying to incorporate through the festival, mm-hmm. on screen and off screen. So obviously our, our makeup as a festival, you had me as the director. Yep. Uh, and then you had 9-11, 2001. Mm. Um, the reason I mentioned that was I was trying to get funding for Buff. Right. And I tried to set up an account with a bank. Yeah. And they saw my surname, which was double barreled. And then they saw me with a moustache. Wow. Black, and they're oh. thinking I'm a terrorist. And they couldn't give me the money. So it's like. Wow. Literally, that's what was happening. It's like hysteria. Holy shit. Crazy. So, fortunately, I still had the student loans to kind of fall back on. Yeah. But then, here's the best bit now. So, at the time, we then moved into our first house as a family. So, mommy and daddy put my name on the deeds. Oh, nice. So, okay. Yeah, thanks. And uh, Yeah, exactly. So, off the back of that, I thought, all right, I'm going to mortgage the house mm. to fund the festival. 
Uh, and I didn't tell oh. them. Oh, oh my gosh, that is the best oh my bit. God, wow. Nice work. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, you were like, all those times you beat me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, I've just remortgaged the house. Yeah. So. I didn't tell them. <laughs> running away now. For six years. Six, six years I've got away with that. And they I, didn't know for six years. They didn't know for six years. So I waited Fuck. for the opportune moment to kind of tell them. So it's fortunately it was in the West End, actually. And I said to them, Buff is going to be in the West End this year. So mummy and daddy thinking, oh, you're going to be in the West End this year. So they dress up to the nines like the Queen and Prince Philip. And I kid you not, when they arrive, one, one of my assistants at the time literally curtsied. Really? To my mom. I'm picturing coming to America right now. <laughs> is that the look? Even more <laughs> Really? Oh, this the, is Nigeria. The dress wow, she had wow. on is just kind of stole the show so literally unbelievable crazy. I love it and then she looks around at the venue because it's, it's magnificent of course venue. it is yeah. and she goes me where did you get the money for this <laughs> well I'm glad you asked <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go really yeah. and you went wow and so again this 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 is why with mummy and daddy they're just incredible people who are no longer with us unfortunately oh, Um when I told them uh, where the money had come from mm. Daddy then turned around and said, do you know what? We're going to make this into a family business. He did? We're, we're going to support you, whatever oh, you need. amazing. So it's like, and you were thinking, I should have said this three years ago, <laughs> if not six. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. So, That's amazing. So let's talk about how um, Buff Originals and how yeah. you said, let's make no shade. How did that happen? So with the festival, we're kind of thinking, well, we've done this place, we've done this place. We've done festivals, we've done features, we've done David Essex, we've done Nasty Waters, we've done No Clark, we've done, we've done the who's who of mm. Black British film. What, how do we top it? We do our own film. There you go. Nice. So we set up Buff Originals and obviously Claire had the idea uh, with No Shade and I guess if there wasn't a buff, I don't know who would have taken on No Shade. So in many ways, you had that kind of safety blanket. Not that I was ever going to say, no, we're not going to show no shade. Sure, sure. So it's like, yeah. yeah. So I guess she had that, she knew that it was going to be shown to a public audience. Yes. So literally, the, the sky was the limit in terms of how we're going to attack the film. And obviously, the experience of the last 13 years, mm -hmm. you had all the contacts, mm -hmm. all the actors, actresses, literally, we just went through the whole book and said, right, who are we going to get for this film? Da, 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 da. The marketing was off the scale. Yep. Literally, the day we announced that um, we launched this company that was going to be part of the festival, BBC World Service uh, gave Claire a call, called her in. So we want to know about colorism, about no shade, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And literally for six months, it's BBC this, Channel 5 that. Filmmakers podcast that. Filmmakers yeah. podcast you know that. I mean? Just saying. Yeah, big congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is your biggest congratulations yeah. right now. Yeah. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So Absolutely. an incredible journey. Um, and then we came to the festival, the opening mm-hmm. night at the Rio in yeah, Dawson. Yeah. Standing room only. You had queues going, going around the block. The door, red carpet. Oh, just, so it must have been a great night. So how did you actually raise the money for it what did you do is it all just well I didn't in... mortgage the house you didn't mortgage the house no, no, no Claire no, wouldn't no. allow that she was, she was oh yeah this is the time <laughs> to say six years. Oh, <laughs> no, exactly. six years time Claire's no, like no no I'm on top of that yeah, yeah. no well, well I, I, I definitely the change. Yeah, you have they to, do you change have to. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. and imagine Claire's pretty on it she's you know she's run businesses she's got a queen's medal yeah yeah no I mean it was a combination of me Emmanuel and my big brother giving us finishing money to right. make the film. So it was self-funded. So you didn't go to the Arts Council this time? Oh, hell no, 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 no. Because when you go to them again, like what you experienced with the festival, when you go to them with for, you know, your film, they wouldn't have... I mean, you when you guys watch No Shade, you'll see what this film's about. And yeah. it's beautiful because it's unfiltered. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have somebody, you know, sorry, but some white male pale and stale telling me that oh you know too many f-bombs too many it's like bro yeah this is <laughs> this real is life. the colloquial language of my people like yeah. this is how we speak this is what it's about yes and i cannot curtail that because then it's like well let's let somebody do the real version of no shade no this is the definitive there film about yeah. colorism yeah. Fine. and i don't care who comes after me afterwards and wants to you know repeat or <coughs> regurgitate or from their point of view or whatever they will always come back to no shade i know for a fact in 50 years time yes. you know people will be like because for me, no shade is like Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It sure. or Do The Right Thing. Yeah, yeah. You yes. know, and people that have come to see it are like, you could be that filmmaker. If you carry on for the next 30 years telling films as real and as rago, which is, means like raw, yeah. as this, then it's just like legacy. It's just like mm-hmm. a heritage of film that we just have never got to see. And I said, because you guys have been brave enough to put your own money in and just get on with it instead of going, I've been waiting for the BFI to like approve my application. It's like, yeah. oh, well, I just don't have that level. So I just don't have that time. Totally. Yeah. Yes, it's a waste of time. And yeah, also yeah. with the subject matter, yeah. it deals with black love, which mm-hmm. in the UK, you think it, Black, black, black people love each other in the know, UK. Yeah. Like in terms of the cinema, there's no, there's not been a black British two black leads mm. loving each other on screen mm-hmm. for over twenty years. Yeah, so that means since I was thirteen years old, I've never seen that. All I've seen them doing is stabbing each other, mm-hmm. shooting each other, yeah. killing each other, and so. 
no shade is so significant because it's like within <coughs> love there is nuances and different things, but actually there is love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What, so, so let's talk about the the story of it on the, the actual. I mean, we touched on it before about the film in itself. But yeah. now you're going, okay, I'm actually going to make my feature film. We've got five days. Yeah. How, how did you go about it? How did you go? Okay, well, we can money's fine. We can ask friends and family yeah. to help out. But yeah, how did you actually set up? Do you shot list? Do yeah, I mean, I, d- uh, I mean, uh, how did you work it? We our DP was a guy, um, Pakistani guy called um, Isra Azam. He had worked mm. on an ITV pilot. I liked the texture that he got from using a black magic camera. Mm. It looked just as expensive as an Arri. They but do. It wasn't they do now. Decent lenses on them. It's not decent a problem. Lenses. Yeah. So we got him all the lenses that he needed and the DJ, DJI Ronan, oh, which is an absolute fuck, nightmare. I hate working with them. Constantly. Like wasting hours. Totally like, going, oh, it's just, to we're just balancing it up. No, fuck no, that. I'll just, just hold it. No, just fuck it off, man. Yeah, exactly. Just walk with it. Totally. You'll get the same <laughs> you know shot. What I mean? like, I'll smooth it out later. Exactly. This episode is sponsored by DJI. Fuck you guys. They've got better. Apparently the latest one out is, everyone keeps telling me, no, the latest one's amazing. I'm like, no, no. 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 I've had Totally. Stick it on your shoulder. You'll be fine. But the black magic is quite small, so I understand why people want to do that. So no, we I broke down the script into locations. Yeah. So I was like, we're shooting all these locations in day one and two. Three, four, five. Yeah. <sighs> Everyone got paid. So all of the actors were on equity day rate. Great. All the cast yeah, well we, done. Um, crew, we um, negotiated a day rate that they were happy with. Mm-hmm. And um, I interviewed everybody. Um, between catering, we had... All got fed. Everyone nice. got fed. Yeah, proper. Yeah, yeah. We lived on set Was it vegan the food the whole years. time or was it, were you, it was hard, I suppose? Oh, because not everyone was vegan. So no, we were sort not. of imposing it on yeah, them through like, yeah, our selection hard. of food. Oh, you know what I mean? I like veg patties, vegan patties, whatever. We had a little bit of, you know, cheese on toast people were having and different little bits. So it was mainly veggie vegan, Fair enough. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm being mean, it's fine. That's it's a fair point. Um, and so, so yeah, it was it was kind of measured out through location, and then people were paid um, their day rate or the 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 equity stuff, mm-hmm. and then um, we paid for the flat. Obviously, the parks and exteriors were free. One of the venues let me down the pub, which was the bar. I heard, didn't you lose like your venue on your first day shooting? Oh my god! Right, so basically we rented. I know. I totally I just know. forgot you. Like, it's had such a great time. It's amazing. My <laughs> yeah. film's amazing. Oh, hang on. Uh, Turn, so you turned up first day. First day. Shooting your first. Seven a.m. We film. left the flat. We left our house in Kings Cross. Oh we gosh. drove over with like all this luggage all the props and kit and, and, and everything. Kit and every, yeah, food. Oh. And um, we cool got cool time was nine. We got there for eight. Yeah, there was a, supposed to be a lockbox with the key in it to get into this eight-bedroom mansion in Harlesden. Yeah, the lockbox wouldn't open for about half an hour, lockbox and I'm looking locked. like some little like you know black mm. ninja because I've got like a black <laughs> hoodie on, and it's like yeah. eight in the morning, and people are like, "Who's this girl?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, like, what is this all about?" So I'm like trying Frost to open it. Well. Fr- yeah, oh yeah, because it's, it's cold. It's yeah, January, yeah, 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 of course it is. Yeah. Finished. I was like, oh, my fingers are fucking dropping off here. <laughs> trying to call Airbnb. Like, what is going on? So they're like, "Oh, sorry, we gave you the wrong code." So I put in the right code. So I open it. 
get the key, yeah. go to open a door, and it won't open. Oh, no. It just would not open for Holy the love shit. of God. That's like a moment when you go, oh, I've just got the treasure, because you've managed to open something, and then the treasure's yeah. underneath the treasure. Yeah, yeah. It's it, like was, there's another it was so Goonies devastating trick. because... You wanted to smash the door open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we wanted to kick it open. I bet you wanted to. Because the cab driver's like unloaded everything into the front door, isn't it? Yeah, of course, he's gone off. Yeah, yeah, see you later. He's got to go to another job, Addison Lee, do you know what I mean? Um, Sponsorship there. (laughs) (laughs) And so, (laughs) literally, my phone dies. (gasps) What? What? Full battery to zero. Oh, the cold. What? It's the cold. Are you serious? I literally was like, I could cry, but I won't. Yeah. I want to die. Because you're trying to stay in control. Yeah. Get your film made. I want to die. But I come to film making. Film making right there. I was literally saying to Satan Murphy's on set. Literally, literally, literally. We had Satan Trump Murphy on set (laughs) every day. Like, literally. Holy shit. Some guy in like a Jaguar or Lamborghini. I'm not good with cars. I think it was a Jag. Anyway, he pulls up and parks up outside the house. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, lavish. In Halston, and his jag, you're yeah, like, what's going like, on there? I was like, look, look, mate, I know you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but I need to phone my husband. I'm an he's award winning. Corner. <laughs> like, my name's Dr. Claire. Dr. Claire, the queen of the yeah. yeah. I didn't tell him none of that. I was like, look, bro, I know you don't know me. Yeah. Can I just use your, like, look, my phone is finished. Like, I don't know why this is happening to me. I know I look but like I a ninja at the moment. I need my husband to come but... round. Exactly. I'm dressed in black, looking like I'm trying to, like, fucking burgle something. Were well, you on your own as well? I just, you on my oh, own. Because I've you know told everyone to go the to the next location, the next ah, location yeah. after we set up for this house. I see. Oh, man. So I'm just like, the only two boats out, but with no phone. You can't run off and leave the staff. So So I'm like, this lovely man in the jack. And he's like, yeah, cool, man. Just just take the phone. I was like, wow. You know, you're trying to remember numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't remember numbers numbers these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Babe, bring around Israel's car. We need to put everything into Israel's car right now. Yeah. And take it to the. To the venue, uh, to the second venue, which was a Portuguese restaurant, because this door is not opening, man. And you'd paid for this, for paid Airbnb. for this up front. Oh. And then they had a like their estate agent who was running it because that Airbnb are proper like posh. They have like ah. estate agents that run things, so <laughs> they're coming around with the spare key. Spare key don't work. <gasps> so I'm just like, you know, I'm killing my, sh- my, like, Shoot, my I've shoes. I've got five fucking Think, days. You've just killed five hours, like, motherfuckers. Five hours of standing <laughs> and outside in the cold. They were, they were trying to withhold mad. giving us the money back. back. They wanted what? us to take pictures they to prove. To, what what they how could you prove the door won't open? But he filmed it. We filmed it. Filmed it good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knocking it and rubbing shit. And then they did it. And then I literally had to like be going, yeah, action. And then I was like looking for a new flat, found a lovely wow. flat that mm. was half an hour the road, but it was so discreet. So you so managed to find a new flat in that time? Find a new flat in that wow, time. We wow, went to wow. a local estate agent. Do you remember we went yeah, to an estate agent? In. He came in and was like, but he was charging some silly money. We're like, no, no, no. So we ate at the, the, the restaurant were happy to have us as long as we kept on ordering food. Mm. So obviously we're out of pocket now because everyone's just ordering up the place. Yeah, you know what people are like, suddenly they take the piss. It's exactly, like, oh, but we're like, do you know what? We, this is our problem, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we shove everyone in like four cars, six, a convoy six. of cars, like down to the new flat. Mm. 
circling the flats or wasting more money again, like looking for the location. It's all lovely and discreet, which is annoying, but great. Mm. Get into the flat. And the flat was wonderful. Oh, really? Oh, so I'm so beautiful. glad. So we just settled in. Yeah, got your first shot down, down a few hours well, later. We, yeah, exactly. So it was sort of in reverse. So that meant yeah. that one of the actors was actually from Brighton. He'd come down at nine, didn't leave us until 10.30. At night. At night. Yeah. And um, Fred uh, Fred Lancaster. I love you, Fred. Good man. Really great guy. And um, and Veronica as well, who was also from Brighton. She went up um, late as well. Veronica Jean Trickett. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah Veronica Jean Trickett. DJ Lonyo. Lonyo was in the film. Tanisha from Birmingham, but she was staying on set. Tanisha White, who's also my second AD, stills photographer and acts in, in a it. scene. Yeah. So... We yeah that that night there a lot of wine was consumed just trying to sort of debrief <laughs> and you're like going I've still got another four days to oh shoot, my yeah. god literally up at seven yeah, like crew was on set at kicking 8:30. doors down it was mad <laughs> mad, um, mad. Yeah. but how did you feel when I mean obviously at the time you probably just it's a blank memory of just just get on with it and focus and concentrate I just know that when you're trying to do anything special all hell will break loose it's a sign I'm yeah. I'm. We're we're religious, spiritual. I do believe in God. We both both brought up as Christian, Catholic, even for me. And um, it's, 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 you're just sort of taught to know that if you want to do something magnificent, you are going to be challenged. Mm-hmm. So when those challenges arise, I'm just like, ah, oh, come on, Satan, then. Yeah, let's yeah. go let's because go. you know what I mean it's me or you and it's yeah. going to be you so I, and I'll fight you I'll fight <laughs> yeah, you yeah I, I'm here I'm born to fight like yeah, I, yeah. I'm not going until I'm gone so <laughs> yeah. what will we do yeah. you know absolutely <laughs> it's literally a battle to win um, in, in life and so the battle of yeah just chugging through and getting this film done by hook or crook and mm. having to even recast during the, the shooting did you really? yeah one of the actors um, I had to dismiss him on gross misconduct as i said this is the end of part one it is such an in-depth brilliant chat about diversity in filmmaking about women in filmmaking uh, and the differences there and i think it is vital for us to hear that and i think it is important to get the message across so this is the end of part one part two will be out on friday join us then when i'm hopefully less tired to do the intro the outro one of the two um, but and I've got some sleep so uh, yeah have a lovely evening have a lovely day whatever you're doing thank you for listening do spread the word subscribe to us and um, yeah get to the rain dance I will see you there on the 26th this was a podcast from the Podfix Network you can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com